Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, well, good morning. Welcome back to week number four here in Back to the Basics as we launch into 2022. And uh, I'm glad to see you have some breathing room now that the children have ran off to Crossroads Kids. You can little open up your elbows a little bit and relax. Uh, stop sweating with them underneath your arms. If you remember, uh, there is a Bible verse for this series, Colossians 2, verse 6. If you'll do this with me, all right, I'll say it, and then if you'll repeat what I say, so then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your life in Him. Oh, that's the best yet. Let's do it one more time. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, Continue to live your life in Him. Amen. Well, if you notice beside you, there's these little back to the basics cards. And I want you to know they're not the property of the church. They're yours. I want you to take these home with you. I want you to remind yourself all year long to get back to the basics. Because January is going to be over in a couple days. And you're going to start in the February and March. And before you know it, we're going to be talking about Christmas again. And you're going to wonder what happened to that commitment to Back to the Basics. All right? And so uh, don't fall into that trap and know this. Uh, take these cards with you. And then if you look on the back, uh, you'll see this very cool graphic. And um, this is not original art. Uh, Chris Pleckenpole, who came and opened up our I Am Second series. Uh, he developed this for his church. I saw it, and like any good pastor, I said, I want it. And I claimed it in the name of Jesus, and um, now it is part of uh, our Back to the Basics. But if you look at that, you'll see that there's a house. That house represents the church. And there's a lower room and an upper room. The lower room, people that are there and spend time in churches there, they are looking for personalities in the church. They are looking for programs in the church. They are looking for people in the church. What does that mean? If the personality leaves, they leave. If the program stops, they leave. If the people that they come to church because of leave, they leave. And if you look up into the upper room, there are four things that I think identify a Christ follower who lives in the upper room. And the first one was week one, prayer. We, we recognized that we need to pray more, and we absolutely need to. The second one was reading our Bible. The third one, I covered that last week, is confession. If you missed that, I would encourage you to go back, because confession is probably the most important. And I know you're saying, wait a second, confession is more important than reading the Bible? Confession is more important than prayer? The answer is yes, and here's why. Confession will keep you, or I should say, unconfessed sin will keep you from reading the Bible. Unconfessed sin will keep you from going to God in prayer. And that's why we need to daily be active in confessing our sins to God. 
And if you look at that graphic, um, I put two words there, purpose and preference. Those who live in the lower room, they're all about preference, or I call what's in it for me. And then when we move up to the upper room, it becomes all about purpose. What am I here for? And so there's an encounter in the Bible that really captures what is going on here. And so if you would, if you've got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open to Matthew chapter 16. And on that graphic, I've got it there, Matthew 16 and 23. And Jesus is about to have a conversation with Peter. Matter of fact, let me just read this to you. Matthew 16 and verse 22. And if you've got your cards, I would encourage you to write this on there. Matthew 16, 22 and 23. Because here's what happens in verse 22. And Peter took him aside. It's talking about Jesus. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Now, can I just say that's not a good way to start? (laughs) Taking Jesus aside and rebuking him. But the reality is this, folks. We do this all the time. We take Jesus aside. I know it says this in God's Word, but you don't know my circumstance. I know that I'm supposed to do this, but I'm going to take a little time off. I know, Pastor Ronnie said, how important it is to confess sin, but I don't want to let anyone know about this one. And you're doing the same thing that Peter did in rebuking Jesus. And let me show you how it ended for him. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23. But he turned, Jesus turned, and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And if you look at the card again, and you look at that upper room, when we have our focus on the upper room, we are setting our heart on the things of God. When we're living in the lower room, when it's all about preference, when it's all about personality, when it's all about programs and people, we are setting our things on what we want. And here's what's going to happen is, if you'll listen closely, you will hear Jesus say these words to you, Get thee behind me, Satan. And I'm confident that all of us have experienced this at some point or another this week. Where we've tried to tell Jesus how it's going to be done and and what he meant in his word. So this week, the, the topic is, I've talked about prayer, scripture, confession. And if you look at the graphic, it'll say faith. But really, the word that I want to talk to you about today is service. And here's what I want to remind you is that we are not saved by good works, but to do good works. You see, service is faith in action. The Bible tells us very clearly, faith without works is dead. You all know that. And it's amazing how that Christ's followers have a dead faith. It's the norm more than the exception. Why? Probably because of unconfessed sin. Probably because we don't spend time in God's Word. Probably because we don't open up God's Word. Now, y'all remember a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about Carrie, and she was doing this thing called the 30-day shred, 
where she was going to read the Bible through in 30 days. Last night, she finished. Oh, I'm sorry. Tonight, she's going to finish. All right. Come on. The entire Bible. I mean, it was like last week she was in the Old Testament. And then, my goodness, the New Testament didn't stand a chance. Now, she'll tell you that was two and a half hours a day. That's commitment, folks. Takes dedication. Takes intentionality. So let's open up to God's Word and to John chapter 13. And I'm going to ask you this question as I read this. What do you see? John chapter 13. If you're here today uh, visiting, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, you'll notice in the seats underneath you, each row should have one or two uh, Bibles. And, and I would encourage you to pull one of those out and use that. If you don't own a copy of God's Word, we want you to open up and look inside that cover. And it's got a message just for you. And it says, if you don't own a copy of God's Word, we want you to make this one yours. That means write your name in it, take it home with you, and read God's Word. John chapter 13. And I'm just going to start reading verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. What do you see? You probably see a, a room full of men. This is the upper room. This is Jesus kneeling down, washing their feet, drying them off. But here's what I see. I see that Jesus saw proud hearts and dirty feet. Jesus saw proud hearts and dirty feet. You see, proud hearts were all about the program. These guys were following Jesus because they knew that Jesus was about to bring his kingdom into power. Remember John and his brother got their mom to go to Jesus and said, hey, would you let one be on your right and one be on your left? They were all about, they, Peter was just like that. When Jesus told him what was about to happen, he says, hey, 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 wait a second, Jesus. You don't understand who you got backing you. We're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let them kill you. Jesus rebuked Peter. And here they were in the upper room. And as Jesus looked around, he saw proud hearts and dirty feet. Now, now let me just say this. The dirty feet is an insult. They didn't have shoes. They didn't wear socks. They had open sandals. They walked on dirt roads. And so life happened. Their feet got dirty. And here's what I want to tell you. As your pastor, I look around the room here, I look and I know who's watching online and I see proud hearts and dirty feet. I see hearts that are more interested in their preferences than having God do a transformational act in the city of Centralia. I see people who are focused on life and are busy getting things done and they miss out 
on what God has for them. And here's what I want you to know. In God's economy, it just works. God is going to challenge you. He's going to push you. He's going to ask you to do things that don't make sense to you. But in God's economy, it works. The math adds up. There's just enough hours in the day. When you get God involved in your life, He takes care of the proud heart and He washes the dirty feet. And so here's my challenge to you is that we, as Christ followers, if we want to live in the upper room, if we want to give up our preferences and start living with a purpose, we need to do the following. We need to see a need and make a difference. James chapter 2 in verse 15 begins this. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself does not have, that does not have works is dead. And church, we don't want to be a church that has a dead faith. I heard you this morning singing in worship. I heard you crying out to God, surrendering your life. And it's great when the song is going. It's great when everyone beside you singing beside you. It gets harder as we start walking out the door. It gets harder when we go to lunch. It gets harder when you get a text from a family member. That's not nice. It gets harder when you find out that somebody you love is hurting. It gets harder when you find out somebody you love may not be with you for long. If we want to see a need and make a difference, this is what we need to do. We need to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to care. 1 John 3.17 says this, But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Now, I don't know if you realize this, and you probably aren't going to believe me, but your pastor makes mistakes. Matter of fact, your pastor sins. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was at home by myself. I heard what I thought was two loud, obnoxious guys on my front porch. And I did what every guy would do. I went and got my gun. And so I'm upstairs, and I, we've got this balcony. And so I walk out on the balcony, and I see this person who looks like he's tearing up this flower garden. You, you know how flower gardens grow in the month of January, right? It looks like he's tearing up this flower garden that my wife had created. And so I've got this tactical flashlight, and I lit him up. I mean, it went from, you know, 9 o'clock, it's dark, to... The sun is out and shining. And this guy yelled at me and he cursed me out and I realized later that I deserved it. Because I went back downstairs and I pulled up my ring and I listened to the video. And what I thought was 
two different people uh, was one guy. And he, and he said these words. And I, I didn't hear these words. I was too busy going to get my gun. He says these words. He goes, I'm cold. I was embarrassed when I saw that. Pastor, Crossroads Church. You see, I didn't have eyes to see. I didn't have ears to hear. And I didn't have a heart to care. And so I went out looking for him. I couldn't find him. I called the dispatch line. I said, hey, Guy come up on Broadway. I said, he needs to get someplace warm tonight. Will y'all be on the lookout for him? Like, we know who you're talking about. I don't know what happened. I can tell you this, I'm looking for him. And if I find him, I'll bless him. I wonder how many times, if your pastor misses an opportunity to see a need, misses an opportunity to have ears that hear, Misses an opportunity to have a heart that cares. I just wonder how often that happens with Crossroads Church. How many times do we walk by somebody and we miss it? Because here's the reality. When he said, I'm cold, I could do that. I can fix that. But I didn't. You know, when I think about our church, I look across this congregation and I see people who see a need and make a difference. Two years ago, a lady walks into our church. And the church she had been going to said they didn't have time or money to support a ministry. But Rhonda saw a need and she decided to make a difference. And she introduced Embrace Grace. To our church. And since then, we have seen almost a dozen ladies who are at a, 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 a dire time in their life be blessed. You all have been a part of many, not one, many baby showers where we filled the gym up with gifts and we loved on young ladies that we don't even know. Why? Because we saw a need and we made a difference. Because one person saw a need and made a difference. On the morning of Walk Through the Bible, I remember encountering Chuck in the hallway, and I said, thank you for getting the bus out and picking up our group from Plaza Verde. And here's what Chuck said. Hey, just doing what I can. You see, Chuck saw a need, and he made a difference. You know a bus is cold in the morning especially on that Saturday morning. I think it was like nine degrees that day. But you know what? When those folks from Plaza Verde got on the bus, it wasn't cold. It was warm. Because one man saw a need, dragged his wife along, and made a difference. Flashback to two summers ago, COVID-19 hits. We stopped having church. And so we try to do it online, and we realize that two weeks to, to spread is not going to just be two weeks. 
And so 12 weeks later, we're opening back up. But when we opened back up, it was a little different. We opened back up and there's cameras all over the place. You know why? Because one guy saw a need and made a difference. Josh Cross, while we were down for those 12 weeks, I asked him. I knew he had some interest in cameras because he told me that. That's a dangerous thing to say. And so every Thursday, we were here, and we were recording the message. And then as we started thinking about what's it going to look like on the other side, we started dreaming big. And because one guy saw a need and made a difference. You don't know this, but there were days where he would spend 20 hours a day here trying to fix a problem that I created. You see, Josh saw a need, and he made a difference. And today, each month, thousands of people are exposed to the gospel. They're exposed to a church that cares. And today, they are hearing that it, we, we all need to see, see a need and make a difference. There's a gentleman here in our church. Every Monday, he spends six hours cleaning our kitchen. Now, y'all look around, you walk in here, you walk out, and you think that it just happens. Like Mary Poppins, we, just, we walk around singing a song, and everything just goes into place. I'm here to tell you that doesn't happen. The dirt particles don't pick themselves up. The chairs don't straighten themselves out. The kitchen doesn't clean itself. And yet a guy named Gary see, saw a need, and for the last three years, he's been making a difference. There's another guy named Gary in the church. Gary not. He showed up at the well one day. And if you don't know what the well is, the well is a, a, a previous sister church that closed down, closed its doors. That because of our Embrace Grace ministry, we saw an opportunity to minister to our community. And we reclaimed that property. And we are creating something great. And yet here's Gary Knott. He runs into my wife and Rhonda, and that's a dangerous proposition right there. And they start giving their vision. And Gary said, I can do that. He saw a need, and he made a difference. I don't know if you realize it, but when you drove in the parking lot today, there's these signs out, flags waving. They don't just pop up. Don't push a button and it happens. I saw a husband and wife this morning putting those out. Romy and Brittany last night, they're in St. Louis and they're watching some kind of WrestleMania. <laughs> and this morning, before some of y'all woke up, they were out here at the church, freezing their tails off, <laughs> making a difference. And here's what I want you to know, church. If you're not serving... Something is not getting done. You open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. I'll share a little story with you about that. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. 
Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. I mean, that's a really, you know, that, that's a great place to set up right outside the church door. I mean, it's, it's bad enough at Walmart, right? Where you feel guilty coming out. Like, they know you got money. You just bought something. <laughs> but you coming into church, how can you say, oh, I know why. You're, you go to that church that that pastor runs people off that are cold at night. Oh, all right, never mind. Here, this guy sitting right outside the temple, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, and as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Every week we pass by people that are in need. The question is, are we going to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to care? Are we going to see the need and are we willing to just like Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'll give. I've got a warm house. Silver and gold have I none, but you know what? I can show up early on Sunday morning and put some signs out. Silver and gold have I none, but you know what I can do? I love young ladies and I'll invest my time. Silver and gold have I none, but you know what? I can run some power tools and I know where to find materials. You see, if we're a Jesus follower, part of the family of God, as a church, when we are not serving, something is not getting done. And the problem is, many people come to the church and they live in the lower room and they're looking for preferences. They're looking for a personality to follow. They're looking for a program that meets their needs. And the problem is, it's not about finding a church that meets your needs. It's about finding the church that will put you to work. It's about finding the church that will help you see needs and make a difference. That's what we're all about here at Crossroads. We want to make a difference in our area. We want to make a difference in the lives of those who walk through these doors. And you know what? We want to make a difference in the lives of those who will never, ever walk through those doors. Folks, we have a great benevolence ministry. And I can't tell you how many times where we go in and we do something, we put in a water heater for a family that can't afford it, and they all say the same thing. Oh, we're going to be there Sunday, Pastor. I don't know which Sunday they're talking about, but it ain't happened yet. <laughs> but folks, I don't do that so they'll show up on Sunday. I go broke. We see a need. We make a difference. We stop being spiritual consumers and live off of our preferences, and we start becoming spiritual contributors, and we start living for a purpose that's greater than ourselves. You know what? I'm going to share with you two opportunities that you should be a part of. One of our church members who has been in our church for decades, serving faithfully, 
has battled cancer not once, not twice, but now on her third fight with cancer. Just had hospice called in. And here's what I want you to know. There is a need. And you can make a difference by knocking on the door and spending 10 minutes. Just loving on them. <laughs> Folks, I don't know that there's much more stressful time in a family's life than when you know it's tough times ahead. I lost my mom that way. That was a hard two weeks. I lost my dad with a phone call. Folks, I'm here to tell you that there's a family that needs us as a church. And all they need us to do is show up, love on them, and make a difference. You probably don't know this, but on this Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, Casa is doing a daddy-daughter dance right here in this room. These chairs will be gone, tables will be here, a dance floor will be set up. And on Saturday at 4 o'clock, I need some men because we want to transform this back into the worship center. Because I don't think you want to be sitting at table. Some of you might. You, you, you might stop by Hardee's and bring a big breakfast and let's see how good that pastor is. But if you're available Saturday at 4 p.m. And, and guys, I want to do this so that the men who are coming with their daughters don't have to stay afterwards. And, and help. But those of us who don't have daughters who aren't going to be here can help reset this worship center back up. So after the service, I'm going to be standing over here. I'd encourage you to come join me and let me know. It's from four to six. It'll happen very quickly. But see, that's how you see a need and make a difference. And here's what I know. When we start doing that, it'll change your life. When we begin to serve lives are changed. And the first life that gets changed is yours. Every one of those that I mentioned earlier, they're kind of embarrassed that I brought their name up. But they will tell you that their life has been blessed more than any of the blessings that they've been pouring out on other people. You want to change your marriage? You need to start serving. You need to serve your spouse. And here's what I, you need to serve together. Find a cause that both of you can do. You want to change your friendships? Start serving. The Bible says, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. You know, it's easy to sit back and wonder why nobody likes you when the prescription has been given by the wisest man. And if that's not good enough for you, in the holy inspired word of God, that says it's on us. It's about us reaching out, getting out of our chair, picking up the phone. You want to find meaning in life? Start serving. Instead of waking up wondering what can happen for you, wake up and wonder how you can help somebody. You want to glorify Jesus? Serve. Did you see the worship team this morning? Amen. Did they look like they were enjoying themselves? Yeah. Folks, that applause means nothing to them. You know why? Because they, they've been experiencing that worship all week long. 
They've been practicing. They've been getting ready. They've been being blessed. And you got the overflow of the blessing that's been happening in their life. You want to change your church? Some of y'all, watch out. You want to change Crossroads Church? Serve. Get involved. You know what, man? I tell you, on Christmas Day, we had a bunch of ladies from Plaza Verde over there working on the dessert table. They didn't have to do that. They wanted to do that. And you asked them what was better, eating the food or setting up the desserts and make, watching 717 meals go out and bless families all across our town. I guarantee you it wasn't eating the food. You want to experience upper room Christian living? Serve. Find a place, see a need, make a difference. Proverbs 11.25 says this, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Some of y'all need some refreshing, don't you? Stop thinking about that. Stop worrying about yourself and find out who can you help. I, I guarantee you God will bring them to your mind. He'll bring them across your path. And if you don't have an insensitive heart like your pastor did a couple of weeks ago, you'll have an opportunity to make a difference. You'll have an opportunity to bless somebody. You'll have an opportunity to experience upper room living. You see, serving is not what we do. A servant is who we are. We don't just attend church, folks. We are the church. And when people think about Crossroads Church, they don't think about a fancy LED sign that flashes at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, some of them do. They don't think about a building that's paid off and been given to us years ago by somebody who loved God. They think about the people they know that go to Crossroads Church. That's what Crossroads Church is. Jesus looked around the room and he saw proud hearts and dirty feet. And he said, I can do this. And he put a towel around himself and he grabbed a basin and he started washing their feet. Jesus saw a need and he made a difference. So while the word was faith, I'm really talking about service today because faith without service is dead. And remember this, we are not saved by good works, but we are saved to do good works. You see, service, service is our faith in action. When you have spiritual eyes to see, when you have spiritual ears to hear, when you have a heart to care, you'll begin to see needs and you'll start to make a difference. You'll start saying words like this, I can do that. You'll see a need and you'll make a difference. Father, help us today. Help us be a church full of people that are looking for ways to meet needs so that we can show your love to the world. Would you stand with me? Worship team, come on up. Maybe while I've been talking for these last few minutes, you recognize, you know what, Ronnie? You're right. You're not the only one in this room that doesn't have eyes to see or ears to hear or a heart to care. And I realize I'm not seeing everything I can and, and I'm not hearing everything that I should. And I certainly don't have a heart when I need it. And you say, you know what? I don't want to be like, I don't want to spend the rest of 2022 like that. Would you, would you just acknowledge that and let me pray with you and for you right now? 
But God in heaven, you see the hearts that are represented by the hands that were just raised. Lord, I just ask, God, make us a church that has eyes to see needs, that has ears to hear the hurting. And give us a heart, Lord, that cares about your children. Maybe you're here this morning and you realize, you know what, Pastor, I'm not using my gifts. I know I'm not. I'm not, not anywhere close. But you realize, I want to be able to say, I can do that. You want to see needs and you want to tell God and you want to tell yourself and you want to tell those beside you, I can do that. I can help somebody. I can cook a meal. I can reach out and love on somebody. I can sit down and visit. I can put a couple chairs back into place. If you're here this morning and you say, that's me. I want to make a difference. Raise your hand and allow me to lift this up. God, you see the hands and hearts. Make us a church, Lord, that sees a need. God, help us to stop being selfish, to stop worrying about ourselves, to stop. God, you have told us over and over and again that you take care of us better than the, the birds of the air or the flowers that grow in the ground. God, allow us to be a church that will trust you and believe you. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to make a difference, but you just don't know where you stand with God today. You're not sure that if your life ended today that you'd spend eternity with him. If I take you back to John chapter 13, when Jesus was walking around the room and he's washing feet, he comes to Peter and he goes to wash Peter's feet. And Peter, the guy who rebuked him, says, no, Jesus, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. And Jesus said these words, if I don't do that, you'll have no part with me. And Peter said, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. You see, too many of us are like Peter, and we do that. We tell Jesus that, you know what, I, it's not good enough. I'm going to go clean up my act, and then I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to serve you. And Jesus said that, if you do that, you'll never make it. Because we don't get saved by our good works, we get saved to do good works. And if you're here today, and maybe like Peter, you recognize that you want to call out to, if, if Jesus was standing there right there, you would tell him, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. In the back of every one of our seats is a decision card. I would encourage you to pull that out and read through it. And I encourage you to fill that out and let me know because I want to reach back out to you. Church, we are saved to do good works, not because of them. Church, we are called to be an upper room church. We are called to be a church that prays. We are called to be a church that gets into God's word and reads it. We are called to be a church that confesses our sins on a regular basis, and that means every day. And we are called to be a church that sees a need makes a difference. Do you want to be a part of that church? Amen. Heavenly Father, God, I just ask that you would see our hearts. Lord, those hearts that are cold and hard, pray that you would soften. God, I pray that you would perform surgery on our ears and allow us to stop hearing the me monster and start hearing your Holy Spirit whisper, help her, help him. God, I pray that you would, as a great physician, touch our eyes and allow us to see the needs all across our community. 
see our needs in our neighbors, see the needs in anybody that crosses our path. God, help us be a church that sees needs and makes a difference. Jesus. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.